This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. And we get the back view of him. And I mean, it's just a mega. 52 yards is a long shot. Uh, Magnum P.I. is what yeah. we named him. No idea. Just but, a magnum. Yeah, just a magnum. Come on, Cam Ashi. We, we said probably 150, mid 150. Yeah. Same Doe from the morning come out with that nine pointer. Here, here steps out this 90 inch eight pointer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ah. I'm like, okay, well, there's still a buck back there grunting. Yeah. And then out steps like another 90 inch eight yeah. pointer. I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. You're like, I'm like, deer, right there. Yeah, like And he's 30 already yards. 30 yards. Yeah. He he was literally five yards from the base of the tree. Could have been had a buck down at 140 in the afternoon, back there deep on public. Three does come out pretty early. It was like 245, 24 yard shot, sent the combat veteran. And I tell you what, man, dude, it just smoked. We always get so jacked up when the other person kills. It's just almost like we got it done. Yeah. And when you kill that doe, I was like, hell yeah, man. And we come down here to Missouri. My ass Comey one more time. I'm like, is it a good buck? And he goes, yeah, real good, solid buck. I'm like, all right, boom. <laughs> and the deer just drops. Sure. Super special to me. Whitetail Legacy Podcast, bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, coming in your ear holes, and we're talking October, mid-October to late-October. Like I said, we're going to try to break down some tactic episodes for you guys, really get you juiced up for season before we get into this damn series that we've been hinting about forever. Ooh. Um, anyways, let's get into the people that make this possible, and we'll get into the show. Well, before I do that, we have uh, Aaron on from The Fall. If you guys haven't checked out his podcast, The Fall Podcast, make sure and check that out. A lot of good episodes on there. He just recorded with Heath a few weeks ago. Dude, super solid. Um, they were combined. A lot of good intel on that one. Make sure and absorb that. A lot of good content. Um, we've had Heath on a couple times. We want to have him on again. Yeah. Dude's just a legend. I absolutely love Heath. Such a solid dude. And I'm glad that podcasts are having him on and he's getting that out there because he's a guy that definitely um, should have – more people following and exorbitant his content than I think he does. So mm-hmm. I just get the people make this possible. We're going to start off with last breath. Um, if you guys want to watch this YouTube shit show uh, of us recording <laughs> podcasts, um, you can watch it on their YouTube at last breath TV. Um, every one of these podcasts are uploaded zoom call wise. Um, most of the time we have the guests on zoom. Sometimes they're not able to make it happen on zoom. So you just get to see our crispy faces, um, but if that's something that you want to do, you can check it out. Um, sometimes it's cool to get the back and forth between a guest. It's definitely cool for us on Zoom. I thought you were going to say, see me sit in my basement. Yeah. <laughs> I love when homie's in his basement. Um, the backgrounds are always beautiful. I got hella light glare right now. But, I know. But uh, 
It's definitely not A1 quality, but it's a... You're gonna, la- you're gonna laugh at least one time. Stimulate your eyeballs. Yeah, uh, but yeah, you can check that out on the YouTube as well as multiple deer, giant catfish getting handfished, antelope getting killed, elk coming out soon, turkeys, anything you guys want to know, it's on their YouTube. Um, Exodus Trail Cams. We're gonna get into the trail cam tip of the week, guys. Um, it is the time of the year that everybody's getting their trail cams out, and this is the the this is probably the most popular time for tree branch picks known to man <laughs> right now. Grass picks, tree branch picks. Um, something that we did that I want to suggest. Um, when we killed our plot. Mm-hmm. And we when put, I. Yeah. I. When, when you killed the, no, no, the the other, the late oh, season the plot. Oh, the small one. Oh. Yeah. When we killed the plot mm-hmm. and all that shit was bare dirt on that scrape tree, that was the best pictures we've ever gotten anywhere. Oh. So okay. I'm thinking, you know, if you have some extra weed killer or something, you have an area where you're getting blanks, wipe that shit out in front of that cam. Um, where we ran over the grass in front of, what, one cam? I sprayed up there too, yeah. It actually kind of drawed the deer to that area to kind really? of frequent in that. Yeah, they're just kind of hanging out in that <laughs> they're area. They're bedding down now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're bedding right there too on cam. But anyways, they're kind of hanging out in that area. So that's just kind of a trucking tip. If you have one that's just a nuisance on a field edge, you can go out there and weed whack that thing, but if it's like us in a couple of months, if you hang it early, there's going to be grass again. Just take a little roundup and spray that area, and you're going to get really good picks. And for some reason, that bear spot is going to draw deer to come check it out, and mm-hmm. you're going to get a picture of them. So that's just a little t- uh, tip we did. We killed our food plot, and some of the best pictures I've ever gotten is on that cam. So, All right, you have next level. Yeah, even though the bucks are getting to be full grown and getting ready to shed velvet here real soon, yeah. which is almost crazy, um, it's still very important to keep that mineral out all year if you're able to uh, through your hunting season. I know some states allow you to put mineral out, but you have to remove it before hunting season or not hunt around it. But if you're able to have it out there, it is still vital to keep it out year round. That way they know it's there and available and they can come back to it when they need it uh before the rut or after the rut late season yeah. um it's very substantial to have that and available those all year round get out and move a lot right now mm-hmm. and getting that nutrients before winter you know right now is definitely got to get that body they, weight up before they get that first you know first breed and yep. um, it's good to have that that mineral and extra feed laying around there so you can check everything out at next level uh, what is it? What's the website? Nextleveldeer.com. That's what I was going to say. I didn't want to kill it, though. <laughs> Nextleveldeer.com. All right, that's it. Let's get into the show. All right, guys, we got Aaron from the Fall Podcast on the line, man. Appreciate you staying up late and ripping this one with us. Hey, man, I no problem. I appreciate you guys having me on, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's always a good time when we got together. You got to come on a Legend of the Fall episode and talk about your absolute mega freak that you killed um, and – the listeners really enjoyed that episode. People really enjoy the legend, legend of the woods. I said legend of the fall, yeah. legend of the woods. I don't even know what that my own podcast <laughs> names are. Jeez. Uh, I like that series, man. I really yeah. like how you guys roll that out, and it's really cool to hear those stories. Yeah, it's. I think during the off season, you know, people want to talk about what they killed, and um, gives a good time where people aren't maybe a hundred percent tactic driven um, to kind of just want to absorb some some deer talk you know people just for chilling sure. and talking about deer but uh excited to have you on this episode and kind of break down some more tactical style with you and talk about the time period from the you know october 15th to the 31st or the 30th i'm gonna go to the 30th just because i feel like that's yeah. that's the light switch around us but before we do that go ahead and let the listeners know who you are mention your podcast and where they can find it um it's one of our go-to listening podcasts um, so we highly suggest that you guys listen to it. If you enjoy us, you're definitely in, enjoy yours. So go ahead and let that rip. I appreciate that, man. So, yeah, my name is Aaron Blasey, uh, born and raised in central Michigan. Still live there to this day. Um, I love Michigan. It's a good place to get all four seasons. Uh, I love the fall. Hence why my podcast is called The Fall Podcast, because I just love the fall time. Um, for a day job, I'm a television producer with the Kiefer Brothers and Hume Animal. Uh, anything you guys want to watch or consume any of that, we're on YouTube, we're on Outdoor Channel. Um, just follow Heme Animal or Kiefer Brothers, you'll see all that. I've been doing that for the last 10 years. Um, 
run a camera for Casey Kiefer. I've done that for 10 years over his shoulder. Uh, him and I are attached at the hip all the time. And uh, him and I actually, you know, I don't even look at him as a boss anymore. He's, you know, one of my best friends. Um, got a really good relationship. And uh, so that's really cool. As, same with Chris, um, his brother. It's, you know, it's just a good core group of guys. Um, but yeah, I've been running camera for them and then I do all their editing. So I'm, I'm the senior producer, executive producer for their shows. And, and, uh, that's kind of me in a nutshell, I guess, if you want to, want to say. Yeah, I, I really enjoying the show. Um, I really liked your, your video that come out. It's cool to, you know, to hear the story and then actually get to see the footage coming together. I, it's been a while since I watched that again. I like yep. to go back and yeah. watch it like three or four <laughs> times. Because I'm like, oh, I really like that shot. Or like the first time, you're so overwhelmed with mm -hmm. what's going yep. on. And then like the third time, you know what's coming up. So you're like, oh, look at that. You like you just pick up stuff that you don't know. And as a guy who films and stuff, you're always looking for unique stuff or stuff you can add. And uh, it's cool to see someone out there that you kind of like their style and like them as a person to kind of pick up some some cool cool stuff from. But yeah, that uh, the filming side. And the people that you film, I really enjoy the camaraderie that you can see on the footage, too. That's right. cool. Because a lot of times it's like a camera guy that they really don't know that's just kind of with them. And you yep. get the reaction of the camera guy, but you don't get that, like, hunting buddy reaction mm -hmm. that right. you get with you guys. So, And that's something we really wanted to implement, like, two years ago. And honestly, I stole the idea from Jared Scheffler. I mean, you watch all, I've watched white till adrenaline since they began in like 2008 or nine. I have all of his DVDs. And, you know, when he started implementing that, his POV back at the camera guy, and it was a conversation. I'm like, God damn, that is so cool because that's how it is. If that camera wasn't there, yeah. if you have another buddy with you, that's how you guys are conversing all the, all the time. In my instances anyway. So we sat down and I told Casey, I'm like, man, I really think we need to like implement a POV on the camera and let it dead roll and get our conversations. And, you know, every show you watch, it's like the hunter just looking at the camera, talking, hey, this is, and we still do that from time to time, but we try to take it a step further of like, you know, why not have a conversation between the two of us and pop back and forth from camera to camera? Like we would normally have a conversation if the camera wasn't there. And a lot of people have like really loved that idea and we're going to keep implementing it and um it's it's been really cool in a different dynamic yeah i love whitetail adrenaline too i, I always mention it like that's like top top three whitetail content that i can absorb 100%. just because it's so like different and weird and funny, funny yeah and it's funny yeah. radical and it's like this we we podcast with chancy and that dude's like my spirit animal it's like living I a dream, agree. you know. I, I mean? agree. <laughs> I told him that. I, told, I think I told him that. Yeah. I was like, "Dude, you're like my spirit animal." I said, "If I could pick one celebrity hunter to hunt with, I would pick you. Like, if I could go 100%. with anybody for a week, I would go with Chancy just for a week. I don't yeah. even care if I hunt. I just want to roll around in that van and just chill <laughs> with them. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. But uh, yeah, I, I really like that aspect. And like I said, you guys are doing an awesome job. So just keep crushing it, dude. Like, appreciate th it, man. that camaraderie. You know, we, me and Homie filmed together, and I don't, I really like being there. I don't think it, I would, it would, I don't think I could work with just a camera guy. Like, yeah. it would be yeah. nice to have a guy that just, like, followed you to the woods and got, like, the B roll shots, and then you, like, right. sent him home. <laughs> you know yeah, you just leave now. <laughs> yeah, like, like, you can leave, and then I got my dude up in the tree with me that I can hunt with, but it's hard for, like, you're walking in trying to set up your hunting, too, as a camera guy. And you're trying to get all the B-roll shots. Like, you need to hire someone to get all the B-roll shots. And then when you're hunting, it's just you two, you know, filming yeah. and hunting. Yeah, with with a camera guy, you would just be, like, pretty flat. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. You'd be like, eh. You don't have all the inside jokes and knowledge that, yeah. you know, you have with your buddy. Yeah. To, yep. to be out there messing around with. Yeah. You know, and you know how much we're hunting every fall, too. So you want you want someone there that's, like, you're with them all the time. You know, like, Casey and I, that's what we do for a job so it's like we're in the truck together all the time you know we're either sleeping in a tent next to each other all the time like we don't leave each other's side hardly at all from october one you know unless we go and drop it's september one to like january one you know what i mean so it's like our wives always tell us they're like you spend more time with each other than you spend with us like it's 
you know, it's like split down the middle basically. So, you know, you definitely want to have a good, uh, a good rapport with that person and want to not hate them and not like get sick of them, you know? So it's like, and it it just got to the point now where him and I've been doing it for so long. It, it, there's no question whether, you know, if I'm doing my job or he's doing his job, we just know, and we know what we're going to do. It's kind of like, you know, if like a basketball analogy or something like a point guard and a shooting guard or something like, you know, they're going to be there. You just throw the ball and they're going to catch it like kind of thing. So it's like, it's, it's, it's nice to have. And, and we know what, you know, we know the ins and outs of each other and I, we know each other really well. So it's, it's just really cool to have a person like that, that you're not sick of all the time. Yeah. You gotta have that. Yeah. Got it. All right. Well, got the introduction out of the way. <laughs> Let's get into the the nitty gritty um sure it's october 15th what i you know we've killed a couple bucks then um but man it's just a tough time out there so let's break it down into what let's we want to do like five day increments yeah that's not good let's do five day increments so yep you're you're hunting somewhere you know with case you're out there you got the 15th to the 20th and that's where you're going to be hunting what is your go-to game plan, and what are you guys trying to do within those five days to get it done? Well, I guess, I mean, it honestly really depends on where we're at, obviously. I'm, I'm going to kind of break it down. Um, something that's fresh in my mind, and it's farm country hunting. I uh, had it happen to me last year and here in Michigan. And on the 19th, so you said 15th to the 20th, on the 19th, um, I had three shooter shooters I was going for on a, on my farm, and uh, he started daylighting frequently. So, what I, what my whole thing was is my whole approach to it is try to figure out where the does are going to be, and I want to be there because the fifteenth through the twentieth, it's they're starting to nudge a little bit. They're starting to figure out you're going to see probably more of the the younger bucks just you know getting frisky and being idiots and stuff like that. But, uh, the bigger deer are, you know, at that latter part, you know, around the 1920s, they're really going to start showing themselves. I'm going to try to figure out where these does are going to congregate. Um, I'm going to start sitting on some scrapes, uh, some, some hot signs some scrapes, or I'm honestly going to sit. If I can see a, a long way, I'm going to sit on a field edge and I'm going to observe because really I'm going to gear up for, Really, the 20th through the 28th, and I only want to do five five days, but like those eight days, to me, here where I'm at in Michigan, um, even in different areas where we're at, but specifically here is unbelievable. It is so hot that I would rather hunt those eight days than November, to be honest with you. Um, hopefully that answers your question, but I'm, I'm just going to try to figure out what they're concentrated, and I'm just going to you know, set down wind of, you know, where these doe, doe areas are and uh, and just wait for them to come by. Now, that's probably not the cool answer, but uh, that's what I'm going to do, and that's what I've had success with, really. Yeah, I like that. You know, you're using that time. You know that the hot time's coming. That's kind of how we hunt that time, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. You want to be in the game, but you don't want to be, you know, on the 50-yard line. You for wanna, sure. You know, you want to be kind of playing closer to your end zone kind of kind of scoop you know watch the cams scoop some intel see what deer in your area or any new deer showing up um we did some observation sets last year collected a lot of data on those even in the rut you know hunting somewhere where you feel like you got a good chance to kill but you can also see a long ways especially For if sure. it's a piece that you don't know a lot about um, i feel yeah, like you can really really put some pieces together doing that yeah and i i really think you can you can do a lot of harm in some areas as well if you don't have good exit strategies entry is good as well but i have I've, I've got something in my head uh, pictures came up that like a hunt i had last year corner of around this time in this time frame and i was about 80 yards in from the destination food but i was like I was probably a hundred yards from the bedding and the bedding was over a big draw. So I couldn't actually see the thick bedding. I was just on the other side of the draw and all the deer funneled past me. Okay. And deer, I mean, when I need to be getting down out of the stand, deer are still coming. And as I'm getting ready to get down, twig snap, look over, 
pick the binos up. Here comes a pretty decent buck. I don't know if he was a shooter. It was pretty dark. But make sure you're in an area where you can have some good exit out of your stand or, you know, you have a back door or something like that um, because you can do some harm in some of these areas. Yeah, that's like the third time we've heard that. And that's something I feel like maybe I just feel like a lot of people don't think about it. It's because it's something that we don't think about. Like Mm -hmm. when you're in the tree and you don't you don't kill the buck, it's almost like, all right, I'm going to get down. I'm going to try to get out of here, go home. The kids are there. The wife's waiting on me. Haven't ate yet, you know, or you're, you know, trying to make a game plan for tomorrow. You're like, well, I'm going to get down. I'm going to try to pull this cam, do that, do that. And you're not really thinking about that exit. You're not really trying to be – Especially with you, you got your camera gear, you know, everything's got to come down just like us. And it seems like we always put it up quieter than we take it down. Like when you take it down, you're just trying to get the shit in there and get out of there, you know, because you got so much stuff, you know. And um, I feel like that is an overlooked time period for – and then, like you said, that exit, I feel like – like, okay, the scrape tree, for instance, do you think we should exit the same way? If that deer does it, I feel like we should. Yeah, exit I, the same way. Yeah. I do too. Yeah, because he's that's something we hadn't thought talked about though. No, yeah, yeah. and that's when that's we were a talking. That's a good point to, though. Yeah, when we were talking to Justin, I was like, we need to not go up on that field edge. Yeah, because that's where the deer is bedding. Yeah, that we're hunting. Yeah, and we've been messing that up for two yeah. years. Yeah, so we need to exit the same way we go in. Mm-hmm. Because we're gonna see them if. They're yeah. that way we, yeah, on you the can new see exit. You can't see the other way that we no. But it's just easier to go that way. Exactly. You know? So, so were you guys, I, I guess I don't know the story you guys are talking about, but were you entering a stand and then exiting a different way than you were entering? No, we were, well, a little bit, but we were entering a stand and we're hunting this spot and we're like, man, this is the best spot on this piece where we haven't killed there and we haven't had the opportunity to kill there. Um, and last year we went into some hunts where – Dude, it should they should have been there mm-hmm. yeah and we we were having them edge of daylight edge of daylight like the day before and then a couple of days later after we were in there and we're just trying to figure out why we weren't getting it and it's because we feel like they were seeing us walk in and we feel like that the stand was 20 yards further than it should have been and we moved the stand okay. 20 yards back and changed the entrance route and we don't know if it's going to work 100%, but we feel way more confident about it because we moved the cam back by that tree and realized that a lot of the deer were backdooring us and they were going to wind us on a northwest before they even got to that field when we're thinking they're coming out to be to the west of us, but they're actually coming out more behind. So that's what moving a trail you. cam 10 feet can tell you. Like, it can tell you a lot. Um, yep. That's just one situation where we hadn't talked about that, so I just used this time yeah, to, yeah. to be like, how, how are we going to exit it and try to we, – we normally think the exact same, but there's some circumstances where we think the complete opposite, <laughs> and we got to really like weigh it out like, what are we going to do here? So hopefully, yeah. I'm glad it wasn't opposite because it would have been a 28-minute conversation. Yeah, yeah. I was at, yeah. When we were talking to Justin about that, that was the exact scenario I was thinking of is getting out that way. Yeah. Getting yeah. out and trying to figure out like what what am I gonna do going back door on this you know on mm-hmm. this deer so yeah but yeah I like that um, you know you're just trying to feel the cards make an idea of what you got going on and uh, go from there so let's get into the twentieth to the twenty fifth I'm gonna cheat you on the twenty eighth we're gonna save that for no you're good good I you're feel like good, the twenty fifth here starting to get pretty solid but when the that 25th to 30th it's a different ball game out there so what are For you sure. doing from the 20th to the 25th say let's say you're um let's do let's do michigan you're in michigan it's the 20th to the 25th what are you doing in michigan in that time period okay uh, so i'm hoping there's some sort of temperature drop for sure because here in michigan we could definitely get like Back in 2018, we got a huge cold front come through on October 8th, and it was so cold. And then, I mean, it gets up to November, and it's like 60. It's like, what the hell? But I'm hoping that there's some sort of cold front coming through. Let's So, so let's say there is. What I'm doing is I'm still kind of doing the same thing. I'm sitting from afar a little bit if I can see. If I can see, I'm going to sit from afar a little bit. And I know I, I've got these deer in this area and on one of my particular farms that's like, I know where they come out. I know where they go in. I know where they feed. Like I've got them pretty well patterned year to year. Um, 
So I've got a, a select few stands that I know that I'm going to put a sit or two in. And I know if I don't see them in that time, I got to move. I got to go. I, I just have to. And so I'm going to do that. Or I might throw myself a curveball and I can glass from a distance from a truck too. I will take a night off or a morning off. Um, a lot of times what I'll do, like last year, I would take my daughter to daycare in the morning and I'd come back and it'd be, you know, right at first light and I'd just cruise the roads and I'd be seeing bucks and bucks and bucks moving, moving, moving. And I'm like, okay, so I'm just, I'm just, I want to narrow in on where they're, cause it's farm country. I'm hunting wooded fence roads and little wood lots. And so I'm trying to narrow in where they're, you know, coming in and out basically. So once I figure that out, I know that I have a window of like, literally it's for me, it's about five days. If you can, if I can find him, the buck that I want, I'm only going to see him for five days. That's the way I put it because once I I should say even three days, because I got to get on him quick and I got to make it happen because he's going to find the dough and he's, then he's going to be locked down for 36 to 48 hours. And then after that, I might not see him ever again. And usually I don't. So the 20th to the 25th is by far to me, the five days that mean the most. Um, so that's what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to pinpoint them. And when I do see him, I use the, I did a crystal method and, you know, go now you have to go now. And I, I do throw caution to the wind a little bit, but sometimes I will push it. And if I need to get into an area like my one acre spot, I know they're going to end up there. I will push it and I'll get in there because my one acre is the end of the road. Basically that's what I should call it because the deer, they come in from a certain area or certain way and they never go. They come in from the South and never go North. Do not know why they will not. And they hardly will ever come from the North, but I've seen year after year bucks come in here to check does from the 20th to the 25th. They'll come from the South They'll check and see if they're there. They'll spend about 10 seconds if they're not there, and then they're going back south. So that's what I've really honed in on. And and in my my instance, I've got them pretty patterned to where I know where they're coming in and know where they're going out. But I've done a lot of, like, work in the offseason as far as, like, timber stand improvement and way that I can manipulate the movement going in and out of there to where I've got them pretty bottlenecked down. It's just then it's hard to hunt with, like I said, if the wind is bad, um, I only get one shot, you know what I mean? And it's like, then I'm leaving to go work, you know, the 25th, we're usually leaving by the 25th to go to Illinois or Iowa or wherever it might be. So, um, I'm starting to turn on, turn the gas down or, you know, put the pedal down and, and hit the gas a little bit, but I really need to get eyes on the buck first. And, and more than likely I will get eyes on them in, in a couple days there but I know I have to make it happen in about a three day span before he does find a doe and then I'll never see him again. It's just how it happens. That is something that I probably would never do is be road scouting in the morning like that. Um, I I just think maybe where we're at, like it just, I I don't know. It'd it'd be a lot harder here. I think to, to do that. I feel like if we were going to take a night, uh, a hunt off, that it would be like more of a boots on the ground yeah. approach to it than. He's trying to target, he's trying to find the deer going back in, you know, yeah. late yes. on a cold front and then make the move the next day, which I think is a great strategy. But like you said, for our, our your ground's got to set up properly to do that, you know, and you got to kind of have an idea of where. For sure where they're going to be doing that like you said you've over the years you've kind of had an idea but if you have kind of a good area you can glass or make a move on or even do another observation set that time period way off we can see a lot of ground i like that strategy and then i also like that you're saying you got to move like instantly because you got to like that is a time period around here where there's new bucks showing up all the time that deer could be there one day or he could be there the whole rut you have really no idea what that deer's got going on um, unless you have some previous history from them Um, and if you have some previous history of what what that deer normally does that that can kind of tell you how long you have to hunt them Um, and we know there's some deer that we have like 
four days, you know, mm-hmm. three days or two days he's going to be here. Or he's going to be on the farm. He's literally going to run through, and that's it. Like, you just got to yep. be there that day. So um, that, uh, that's – sorry to interrupt you no, here, but ahead. I've got another scenario. Uh, I've got another farm here that's big timber. So uh, it's 15 minutes away from my one-acre farm that's farm country, and it's big timber. My approach there is we've got a couple – secluded areas one in particular that is a white oak tree in the middle of a ton of popple trees okay thick popple overgrown popple trees and it's on an edge a hard edge where it transitions from popple to swamp when like this time if i don't have a bead on something here because my my farm country i'm not gonna lie to you it's easier to hunt i like seeing the deer more and i like making a move being more like I, I know he's there. I'm going to go. This is more of like in the, in the big woods, it's more of kind of guess and check in a way I'm getting aggressive and, and kind of going for broke, but I'm going to go to that tree. There's a big white Oak that usually, I mean, it usually drops every year and same instance, I'm in a transition zone on a hard edge and I'm about 150 yards off of bedding. And it just seems like the deer file passed, file passed. And now I wish I would have known about this tree earlier. I just found this tree about a year and a half ago, and I haven't been able to throw many sits at it. But that is one instant. And then there's another instant where we have a big white oak ridge. In the years that it's oak tree or the oaks or the acorns are dropping good, that is the time to put your butt in the seat there. And that is more, it's like hilly, and there's a saddle. Um, like a hog's back kind of, and right on the top of that hog's back, not, not just me, but like my buddies, they have killed some really good bucks in this one stand. It's a set stand right there. But in that time frame, man, that is when it's hot. And it just, it is every year. It seems like you just got to be there to capitalize and hopefully the weather will allow it as also. Yeah. I think the 20th to the 25th, that is one of the best times to key in on past data like that like past trail cam data past sightings because the deer are kind of they some deer might be kind of changing up like i said moving and some deer might be doing what they always do that time period and we had a lot of activity from like the 18th to the 20th um going on to the 25th there on the public on Mm -hmm. the east side yep um it kind of just turned on during that time period and we went in there there's no sign and then after that time period there's sign everywhere yep you know and you put that in the bank in the back of your head and you go okay i'm gonna be prepared for this for next year so if you had a spot like that where you walked into and you know the second week october there was nothing and the third you go back the third week october and it's lit up something happened in that time period something moved in or something got fired up so that might be a good area to check out sure you know that white oak tree they might be in there might be some does in that area. They might like to put sign in that area. Might be some scrapes there. You know, on the and transition lines like that are always good to hunt. I don't know what yep. it is. The deer just like them. There's just yep. something about it. And uh, Wait, I got a question for you guys. You know, you guys are hunting public land. Probably, I'm, I'm guessing probably more big timber. What is your approach on that 20 through 25th? Like, I mean, what do you? What have you found success in, and what spots are you, like, really honing in on? The 20th to the 25th, man, it's kind of like a crapshoot for us. If we don't have past data, we're just going where we've seen does, and we feel like we can get close to to, to betting. Um, I don't really – I don't think I've ever killed a buck from the 20th to the 25th. Have you? Yeah, two. Two. Mm-hmm. What were you doing? Uh, I was sitting over a scrape, scrape yeah. on one, scrape. and actually a scrape on the other one. With on two sunshine. scrapes? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sunshine, sunshine was over two Sun- scrapes? Sunshine was, that was textbook. Yeah, that, that was cold front. Yeah, cold front. And that then, deer, we could have killed them in the morning and the evening. Mm-hmm. We were all over that. And so were they both evening hunts? Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And both. then ghost, uh, there was, I was sitting on a field edge over three scrapes, had a rain front come through, stopped raining. Ten minutes later, he's in the scrape. Yeah, dude, I love hunting right after a rain. Yeah, love it. there's that, something about that. We've we've said that for years. There's something about that hour after yep. rain, that yep. time period. Like there's something like like I don't know if it cools the weather off, 
or they want to get out and refresh in those scrapes or what they want to do, but there's something. You can even watch your trail cameras. Yep. And it rains, and boom, there's action. You're like, man. I, I think it's usually cooler. I just talked cooler. to Heath Cisco about this in a podcast. Yeah. Um, I just seen that you released that one. Mm-hmm. I got to list. I love Heath. Yep. Yeah. So Heath is, is I mean, Heath is a legend, dude. Yeah. I've looked up to him for a long time. I'm so happy that he like was willing to come on. He's such a great dude as well. But we talked about this and my terminology is not right, but I, I threw out an instance about when Casey and I were in Missouri, I think it was 2017. I think it was um, 16 or 17, somewhere in there. We were going to a stand in the evening and we're driving to the stand. And it starts downpouring, and a tornado touches down across the field. We watch it touch down, and we're like, holy shit. And it rained for like 10, 15 minutes solid. We just sat in the truck, waited it out, and it just stopped. And then the sun kind of started coming out. We're like, okay, let's get in. Got in the stand. Oh, my lantern. The deer come alive, and he killed a good buck that night. So afterwards, I'm like, why? I asked myself, why? why? What happened? I started researching. I'm like, you know, after a rain, like why did deer move and stuff like that? The best thing I could come up with, a lot of people were talking about on forums and everything and in articles and the terminology, like I said, is, is way off. But what they were saying is basically when the rain stops and the earth kind of comes alive again and it heightens their uh, sinuses, their nose, it heightens it up and kind of opens up the cavities in there and the deer can smell better. They feel better. It kind of gives them a bolt of like juice like you know i'm ready to go like that's what everybody's been saying and it happens in their face in their nose and it really gets them up and it makes them want to move and i'm like that makes sense okay Man, i feel like I, even i, I, I can, can smell that. better after rain like you can yeah. smell sure. that dirt and, and leaves and and that's why the the deer will lick their nose to get some moisture on there and yeah. makes it pick up more scent yeah for sure yeah that's a yeah. good that's a good thing i've never thought about because mm-hmm. even with your like after a fresh rain you can smell the grass oh yeah you can smell the dirt, dirt. you can yep. smell yep. the, the leaves the rose yeah so that definitely maybe releases more odor molecules or something we're getting into some scientific <laughs> shit i don't understand but, but it's cool <laughs> way it's, over my yeah, it's, cool yeah. to, it's cool to talk to guys that kind of have the same scenario but there's just something about it like if it's raining and you can get off work and you're like shit i'm gonna be in like that's how i killed on october 15th right after high winds and rain i go in there it's one of the most beautiful nights the sunset's beautiful after that rain it's still kind of cloudy and then you kill a deer and you're like the shit is just magical out there you know yep. I mean? mm-hmm. yeah I, I killed one of my i killed one of my best bucks in michigan on october 1st uh the night of october 1st it rained all morning it got done raining a little bit afternoon i got in the stand same kind of thing happened it was just like you know, the woods comes alive. You can, like, smell the earth. And, and he showed up, his back to the wind. Uh, like, he was coming from, you know, the wind was going, by, like, you know, over his back. It was really weird how he wasn't, you know, he was going into a destination food. And I shot him at 18 yards, and I'm like, wow. Like, nice. Maybe they so just get really wet, cool. and they're like, man, I got to dry off. <laughs> that could be it, too. Like, <laughs> I got to get the move. We're trying to be scientific as hell. Something super simple. They're like, dude, I'm wet as hell. You know how bad it is when you got, like, wet pants on? That's probably how they feel. I got to shake this stuff off. Get out here. Yeah. Move around. <laughs> but, all right. So, let's get in. It's the, you know, it's the, it's damn near everybody's dream time of the year. It's the 25th to the 30th. And this is when we have seen the best i feel like the most daylight pictures we have on trail cam is in this time period and we start seeing some good bucks start messing up i've had a lot of encounters this time and then but you get that like you get close to halloween every year shooter daylight halloween somewhere night one trail cam there's a shooter on it in the evening somewhere yep but yeah so let's cover let's cover the 25th to the 31st what what is your go-to plan of attack during this time period so my approach on this is i'm going to try to find a hot scrape i'm really going to start honing in on scrapes and the reason being is because like I had that buffer window i told you about you know the 23rd 24th 25th i've seen good bucks locked down on does for 36 hours at that time once he breeds her he's going to go try to find the next one you know what i mean like and he's more 
it's usually, and you hear from a lot of guys, and I've seen it here in Michigan or out of state, you know, wherever we're at, it's usually the most dominant deer. Might not be the biggest rack buck, but he's, the, you know, the more mature deer is going to find that first hot doe. And he's going to, you know, he's going to have his way with her. And then he's going to go try to find another one. And where's he going to go? My opinion, he's going to go start checking scrapes again. He's going to do his loop, you know. So I'm going to try to hone in on this is where I might take a might take a, a, a little speed tour, I guess you want to call it or whatever. I'm going to try to hone in on some of those scrapes that I had found in the preseason. And if I don't have cameras on them already, I'm going to see which ones are opened up. And then the ones that have the best sign on them. I'm going to do a hanging hunt right then, and I'm going to just find it. I'm going to go in with the stand and everything on my back. I'm going to find it, sit it, and, you know, just keep jumping scrape to scrape if I have to. Um, But I don't want to do too much harm. I will sit on a scrape that's hot. You know, if I I find a hot scrape, I'll sit on it for a couple days. Uh, It's, you know, it's probably getting hit after dark, but... A lot of times I'll even take a camera in with me and put it on there after a sit or something like that and just kind of monitor, see what's happening. But I'll sit on it. I'll give it some time. But, you know, two two days or so, if if, if, if nothing's really happened, then then I'm, I'm starting to get antsy. And this the curiosity is getting the best of me. And I'm like, okay, I got to get out of here. I got to figure out something else. Nothing's happening because we are getting close to that magical time. And the pressure's on because, you know, once, basically once Halloween, November 1 hits, it's a crapshoot. It's just like, you know, hold yeah, on your seat. Deer could Hopefully either be there gonna... or a mile yep. away. You have no idea. Yep. yep. So that's kind of my philosophy in that in that five day stretch. So you're really, to really trying to keen the... in on those hot scrapes and yep. you know, trying to get him it get him trying to find a doe. That that's that's we we hunt a lot of scrapes that time. Mm-hmm. We start hunting a lot of doe bedding that time in the morning. Um, but we're really check watching for sign and trying to make a move and. We had really good luck the thirtieth last year setting up on good sign. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Had three three bucks, two shooters, one really solid one. The hottest rut sign we, uh, hottest rut action we've seen all year, <laughs> October thirtieth, like rut grunting, chasing, full on, running all over no the kidding. place, full on. You know that. The buck roared, like, you know, like all the cool shit. October 30th in the evening, um, best rep. You know, after we just were in that area where a hot doe was, and every buck that was there was, was on her, and the shit was just popping. And this goes to 70 yards, 60 yards. Like, we were like, man, I feel like we should set right up on the top, but the sign's kind of down here on the bottom. Mm-hmm. So we're like, yep. well, we'll just kind of split the difference and set up closer to the sign. In case something comes in and hits these scrapes, and it was down off the ridge, like yeah. how they w- like to work that yeah. bottom quarter. Yeah, and these quarter. deer are right on top of the ridge, but mm-hmm. they were going right after that doe, and it seems like the does work the top of the ridge, and the bucks kind of skirt a little bit over. You know yep. what I mean? So they were just on that doe, and if that doe would have turned right twenty yards earlier instead of running to the next ridge and just letting us watch them, I mean, and they were running like thirty. Yeah, they were running. <laughs> you know, full yeah, I mean, they were hauling ass. Yeah. But yeah, we had really good luck, you know, hunting the sign. And uh, I feel like that buck, you get in that doe, that doe bedding, close to the doe bedding area, you know, and everybody says downwind of the doe bedding area, and that's great. But if you get downwind of the doe bedding area and there's a lot of buck sign there, I feel like you're really in the chips. Because more oh, likely yeah. that buck's with that doe or in that doe bedding area, and he's made all that sign recently. Like, you can, you can tell if it's fresh, and if it's looking fresh – then that buck's been in there, and if you're down with a doe bedding, you start collecting the dots. Okay, that deer could be, that buck could be in this bedding area with this doe right now. For sure. And when she comes out, he's, you know, tending her, but also making all this sign right here, you yes. know, close. Because I feel like that is the most aggressive time that they are. They want to they wanna fight. They want to rub. They want to scrape. They want to breed, but they can't. There's nothing hot to breed, you know, mm-hmm. or there's very few to breed. There's not yep. every doe ain't ready to go, so they're frustrated. They want to leave all that sign, and that's why people go out there, and it's like, oh, the rut's on. There's sign everywhere, and that, to me, shows that it's getting close, but it's not time to go. When the rut's on, there's no sign. There's no fresh sign, yep. you know. Everybody, everything's yeah. just rolling, running, but... And that's something I've kind of come, come, you know, head into here in, in farm country is 
like I said, I, I've got wooded fences and little woodlots. So it's like once I know he's here on me for a day or two or three or whatever it is, I got to go because the thing is, once he's done with that doe, he's going to leave unless he can find another one right here. And that's when I'm not going to see him again because he's going to head to the next woodlot or he's going to head to the next. So it kind of makes it frustrating because here in farm country, the deer, I mean, their radius could be miles, you know, at that time. It could be, you know, wherever that doe is, he's going to go. His body's telling him he's got to go wherever he's got to go. Now, like the big woods where, you know, my other farm, they're, they're going to stick closer a little bit. You know, they don't have to go as far. The, the deer density is a little higher. So I feel like I'm more in the game there. But um, so on the other side of the coin, if I'm hunting the big woods over there, I might not be as like as aggressive um, as like hunting. I'll still hunt scrapes, but like I might not like try to go right away. I, I might try to be a little more passive like really try to get that fine line of you know don't get right in you still got a little bit of time but uh you still want to be in the game kind of feel if that makes sense yeah i feel like we're the kind of the same way we're trying to really get in the juice but not in the juiciest crevice yeah not in the seam <laughs> not in the yeah. seam not in the seam but yeah we're trying to get in there and you know play play the game and i'm also that time period i'm also trying to get a glimpse of that giant to make a move yep. on you know you're still yep. trying to hunt the hunt you know where you can man if i could just see him and that seeing the deer helps you so much more than a trail cam pick you know you could have i'd rather see a deer one time than have 25 trail cam picks of them yeah seeing is believing man yeah, seeing a deer work <laughs> through an area even if it's not your target deer like just seeing a mature yes. buck work through the area is better than 10 trail cam picks of your your buck. Like, you can see how that deer work through there and use that and be like, okay, if my buck comes through here, most of the time it's going to be pretty much the same same way or same, you know, yep. he's going to be using the ground kind of the same area. But So I got a question for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you. Yeah. I got a question for you guys. You're in a stand. You're, you know, you're in this time frame, 25th to the 30th. You see a mature buck do this. Do you see him? What is your next move? Well, what after last be, year yeah. in the rut, it should be get your ass down and move to wherever you've seen <laughs> that deer. Yeah. Right. That's what the answer should be, but to be straight up honest, that isn't what we do every time. Yeah. We need to, like, we, we, we need to get better on that, but we need that. We, we know we need to do it, but we don't do it. Like, mm -hmm. we question ourselves of, like, man, we think we're in the spot. But our gut tells us to be over there, but we don't go do it. So this year, that's, that's literally what we do. We, we're going with our gut all year. If something feels right, we're going. If we have data that says do not go in this place, it's absolute trash, and it, we're feeling it, we're just going to hunt it. Because I, like I got away from that, and that's when I was just slaughtering deer, when I was just feeling it. I, I'd text tell me, oh, I'm going in and killing. And then I would kill. You know what I mean? Like, it was just, it was magical. You know, I had shit, it was just, I was just feeling it, you know? I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm going to have a good hunt. Shit's going to be off the chain. It's the 8th, you know, or the ninth. I'm about to have the best hunt of my life, and I would. I'd be in the area where I knew, and we've got so in-depth on running the trail cams, collecting the data, and really and that all can help but it can also take you away from the spots like oh there's a buck over there what we never seen a deer over there um we don't have any trail cams of trail cam pictures of a deer over there mm -mm. and then there's another buck over there you're like shit all yep. all all the data said don't go there but how, how did it go a doe come out with a buck behind her well we know then, what the true story is now well, well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but, but yeah. there was a doe on the hillside and then she filtered out circled back in and the buck did the same thing yeah. and then another buck about 20 minutes later followed come across an open hay field yeah. went into this timber and then about another 20 minutes later same thing happened yeah. so there was three bucks over there three shooter deer. and we're just sitting there from 8 to eleven thirty watching all this happen and after the second one we're like okay we should get down and go over there <laughs> Be but then we're like okay there's already been yeah, two, two bucks go like in there already. like what's the chances of a third one going in there but i mean lo and behold the fourth one's the one that you need <laughs> yeah and, and, oh. and what had happened is you know there was four deer 
that was on that one doe, and one of them got shot. Mm-hmm. So there would have been oh, four I deer. Gotcha. Yeah, there yeah. would have been four deer, and we just we just learned here recently that one of them got shot, and there would have been four four bucks. So if if we would have went over there, <laughs> and that dude wouldn't have been there and shot that deer, we would have had the best season of our life. You know what I mean? So that one move can really change. So that's something that we're going to try. And, like, we are not against moving and hanging stands. No, we do it. We do that every day, two or three times a day. Like, that's not a big deal for us. You know, we did it. We we hung and hang and hunt 18 days straight. You know, there's, like, 18 or 20 different areas that we hunted, you know. So that's not a huge deal for us to go do that. It's just, like, the chances well, none of, of none of the data that we've collected is saying that we should be over yeah, there. We know nothing about that little yeah. We know block nothing about that block. We think we're in the right area. And we have no data. I know it's the rut, but the chances of two bucks being together doing that, or three together being doing that, or even four, and, and getting over there and like, hanging, and you're like, okay, but yeah, now we know. Like we got to get over there. There's a reason they're over there, and yeah, and. Uh, it definitely would have changed the outcome of our season, especially if that guy wouldn't have killed that, you know, the biggest deer that was with him. Um, it yep. could, have, could have been awesome, but definitely, definitely a tactic that I think people say a lot to do, but they don't actually do it and they miss out on opportunities just like we do. Cause it's sure. And that's why I said this year, we're just going with our gut. We're just hunting. I want to have fun. I just want to hunt and, if I'm feeling something, I'm feeling it. You know, if I yep. feel like going balls deep in the back, I'm going to do it. If I feel like hunting the corner, I'm going to do it. If I feel like going to the new lease, I'm going to do it. Like if I feel like I need to be somewhere, cause that's how I was in the past. I didn't have all this data. I didn't have all these trail cams. I didn't have exactly. all this past Intel. I was just kind of feeling it like, Oh yeah, I feel, I'm feeling over here. There's been some good sign there. And yeah. Because for go. you to go to the back at the, at your lease on October 15th, like you had to be feeling that yeah. to go back there. Yeah. You I know, like yeah. that's kind of radical. And then you smash. And then the year before you do it on October 15th, when that's the best, best spot on the farm, you shouldn't yeah. be there. And yeah, then you smash at four in the afternoon. For you to be there on October 15th, it's kind of radical yeah. from what I've seen, yeah. you know, you're just like, Oh yeah, I'm going in. I'm, I'm feeling this. And then boom, you kill you know so it's those moves that pay off though man i agree i think that's my biggest demise as well as like not not pushing the envelope not going with my gut enough like i'm way too passive way too passive like i agree with you guys we should create like a hashtag go with your gut this year 21 you know what i mean it's just like like i'm gonna do the same thing i want to get back to it being like fun again like not that hunting's not fun but like you know I was always the guy that like, I got to wear rubber boots. I've got to do this, this, and this. And my like scent regimen, it's like, I do have a scent regimen, but it's like a dumbed down version now. Like, yeah, so is mine. Mine's so like much the, work. Yeah. You know Trashiest I mean? I, it's ever been in my life. Like I, my exactly. scent regimen was so strict. I was so it, radical. So and now it's like, it's trash compared to and what it, it was. And, it's absolutely And trash. after two weeks in the season, mine goes to trash anyway. So it's like, yeah, you know what I mean? It's it because it's work. It's like, just have fun with it. Mm. I always feel like when October one hits, I'm always in a rush every freaking yeah. day. It's like, I could be getting ready at 10 o'clock in the morning to go do an evening hunt. And I feel like I'm getting rushed. It's like, just relax, man. And just go do your thing and go with your gut. Like you guys said, I recently, last year, really started doing, like, a hanging hunt, like, taking a stand in my back and, like, just going and throwing sits in different spots. And I freaking loved it. Like, loved it. And I'm going to do it almost exclusively this year, in Michigan at least. Um, my one-acre spot's hard to do because it's just so small. So I've got set stands already. But, like, my big, my big woods family farm piece, dude, it's hanging i haven't even hung a stand up there this year i haven't even been up there to hang a camera i'm not hanging cameras i'm not doing anything up there i'm nice. going on straight woodsmanship like let's get in figure these deer out from the ground level and let's have fun again that's my yeah. approach that's Hell badass yes. yeah we we got a brand new lease no stand we're just be like well we can <laughs> hang we walked it and but we could get in this tree we could yep. get in this tree it's just such a game changer when you're just like oh, i could just take my God, go anywhere yep. i can just go anywhere but yep. um one thing i was going to say is think about if you did go out and hang and hunt and the whole scenario we're talking about is you see some movement 
and then you tear down, you go over there, you rehang, and you get it done. You'd be the smartest guy like, in the world. E- e- <laughs> killing a deer on a hanging hunt's pretty badass anyway, but yeah. tearing down, moving, going with your gut, doing the whole feeling it thing, that's going to be yeah. quadruple. That's elite level. Yeah, like, I mean. That's going to be sweet, yeah. So just, if you need to do it, just do it. Yeah. Whatever it takes. Yeah, whatever I'm going to think about you guys when I need to get down. I'm like, man, those guys, are, they're yelling in my ear, and I'll just get <laughs> yeah. your ass down and yeah. go. Yeah. I'm going to be thinking of the same thing, but like, Aaron's going to be pissed if we don't get down and don't kill this deer, dude. <laughs> I, I yeah. know right when we got down and hang up, where if I can see where I was hunting before, that's gonna really mess with me because there's gonna be something over there. I'm be like, never doing this again. All all yep. we ended up seeing that morning, Aaron, was uh, probably a three and a half year old buck, about forty six and a half inches, slobbering all over himself. <laughs> the <laughs> I mean, scrappiest eight pointer that was turned into a seven you ever seen in your life. Yeah, just slobbering, oh. drooling all over the place. But came into eight yards and looked right into my soul. <laughs> and he was like, you going to shoot me, man? I'm like, oh, dude, you're as safe as hell right yeah. now. <laughs> you're the safest. You're trying to put points on his burrs yeah. and everything. Like, what's he got? When he was yeah. running in, I'm like, oh, maybe a shooter. Not nah, maybe. Uh, you're going to have to call it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cody's like, guy. shooter. Or Cody's like, buck. I was like, all right, is it a shooter? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, man, just give me one side or the other. Yeah, or no. He's like, it's up to you. Yeah, it's up to you, bro. Oh. <laughs> it's the last day out here. It's the last day. This is last. I had that. Oh. I had that last year, man. I had a buck come in, and he was, I was, he wasn't a day over two and a half years old, and I'm trying to put age on him every step he yeah. has come yeah. in. I'm like, oh my god, he's getting bigger, you know. And then he'll like stop and turn his head, and you're like, oh, actually, he looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah. he might. Yeah. Then he turns his head back around. He's got milk on his lips. And you're like, shit, I can't do that. You know? Last year, I knew the buck was young, and I was like, shooting him. (laughs) He turned. I seen 10 points. I'm like, okay, he's dead. I'm like, and then he's walking in. I'm like, those brows are weak as hell. He pick his head up. I'm like, okay, yeah, he's decent. He turned sideways. I'm like, eh. The whole time, I'm like, I'm killing this thing. Like, I got to make a decision quick. Or, what's your buffer like what's your yardage buffer of like if that does go down you're like i guess a 25 he's like yep yep we're doing it you know it's that last little like yeah push you over the edge yeah. you have a buffer uh i would say if anything's in 30 and i'm on the edge it depends yep. it depends on what time of the year it is and depends on circumstances <laughs> last year i probably would have went 10 inches smaller <laughs> <laughs> and I killed like a 120, <laughs> a oh, 110 come in. Shit would have looked tasty as hell at that time, bro. I've been getting all that. Been getting my ass just handed to me. Just seen a 190, but yeah. but a uh, 110 looking tasty out there. <laughs> I'm in the same boat, man. I've I've hunted this one acre farm for uh, since 2016 now, and. I've uh, I missed a good buck last year. Uh, that'll be on our TV show, and then um, say that kind of instance where I was telling you about, and I I, I missed him on not, uh, October nineteenth, and he was on a doe that day. And crazy story, I can tell you if you want. But uh, um, the same instance, I haven't killed a buck on this farm yet, and I've done so much work on it. I've I've hit a buck, couldn't find him, a four year old, and now it's like man, hundred inch like two and a half year old might get one just yeah. to be like <laughs> yeah. you know get the monkey off my Ice back breaker. like yes i need that like yeah you need- i hadn't killed a deer on public in forever and we hadn't killed a deer off this piece and so much work and and then after you kill it i'm like yeah i'm so glad i killed that damn deer <laughs> yeah like, yeah like we were putting the pieces together on how many opportunities we had on even like borderline bucks last year yep. and just wasn't a lot we had a lot of energy going into last year. We were jacked up as hell, and it just, you know, kind of, we were on them. It just kind yeah. of fell short, you know what I mean? Yep. I think the yep. heat really messed the with heat us, really too. really messed with us. And, but, all right, man. Well, we don't want to take up your whole night. We appreciate you coming on, dude. This has been awesome. Like I said, we, we need no to do problem. it again. And uh, hopefully you kill another absolute legend this year. We can have you on Legend <laughs> of the Woods. Yes. I hope so. My my chips are all in the Illinois basket this year. Oh, that's yeah. What, that's uh, a good place to put them. Yep. So. That's, I've yet to kill a buck in Illinois, and uh, that's where I'm really going to 
put a lot of my time in, so we'll see. Tell you what, you kill that two-and-a-half-year-old 110 up there, we'll have you on a Legend Series again. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. I will do it. The one-acre buck. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> You'll be the first people I call. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, brother. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed that episode covering the 15th through the 31st of October. Um, some of the best hunting can be done in that time, I think. Um, some of the worst hunting can be done in that time, too, if you got bad weather, hot weather, um, and you don't have bucks working in daylight. So, like I said, there's a really good tactics. That's kind of the time of the year. You just need to really fill it out, get ready for the rut. If you haven't got it done by then, it's time to start hunting those rut areas, start thinking about that because, uh, like I said, those bucks could be gone at any any moment. But uh, you got anything? <laughs> yeah, just like you said, how there's always a shooter on Halloween night. I feel yeah. like when uh, we have no kids to go yeah. – and uh, go trick or treating, and we're actually able to hunt. All, all yeah, of, no all, shooters. All, yeah, no shooters. Yeah, no shooters are going to be out there. Last five years, had kids <laughs> had to go trick or treat and shooter every Halloween night. Yes, it's like clockwork. One of the cams is popping about I, six. It's shooter. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. it's a it's a ritual now. Yeah. It's a ritual until we're out it. there. <laughs> yeah, the one the one Halloween it snowed like two inches. Oh. I'm like, oh my god, giant shooter giant shooter yeah. where exactly where we would have been i'm like oh god look at yeah that. i don't know where we would have been but yeah, oh, yeah. all right just like always um try to do the right thing try to leave a legacy we love you and white legacy is out